You're listening to the Born Again Anxious Podcast. Anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues don't just go away magically for Christians. So let's have an honest conversation about what it's like to be born again and anxious. Well, hey, welcome back. So glad that you are joining us again. Uh, look, if this is your first time listening, I'm, I'm glad that you are tuning in. And uh, if you are a regular listener, uh, you'll know this. It's been a while since there's since there's been an episode, right? And uh, I, I could tell you all sorts of reasons why that may have been, but the fact of the matter is there just hasn't, right? And today's episode... Uh, was was not just to to get back on track with that of of releasing episodes um, on a regular basis, uh, but it was also um, kind of the event that led to today's episode being recorded um, that the that the episode is actually about. Um, so I'm in this I'm in this group um, that that meets um, online. We we meet on Zoom. We meet once a week. It's called a mastermind group, right? And it's basically a uh, a coaching group. In a, in a previous epi- episode, I talked about how you need a uh, a coach, a counselor, or a mentor in your life. At least one of those, maybe maybe all three, right? And so I've, I'm I'm in this group, this mastermind group. Uh, we have a coach, and uh, and he he. Uh, helps facilitate that group, and it's uh, it's it's a great group. I have I have grown tremendously out of that group. Um, but it's not just the the coach that um, that helps us work through things. It's other members of the group as well. It's it's one of the benefits of of that group is is that we're able to uh, encourage and, and challenge one another. And one one of the guys that had been in this group. Uh, he had he had been in it for um, about a year, and he was uh, he was getting ready to leave the group. He was gonna uh, do do some other things with with that time, uh, you know. And and so he he had the the hot seat today, and the hot seat's basically where where we have the chance to uh, to uh, you know have the group pour into us, uh, discuss whatever we want. Uh, and I thought it was really cool because one of the things that he did was he actually had written some things out with it being his last uh, his last group. He'd written some things out for each one of our our members in our group uh, about ways that they had um, encouraged him or challenged him or uh, ways that they had helped him to grow. and uh, and, you know, it was it was neat to hear all those things uh, about all these uh, different guys and and the impact that they had had on him. And he he got around to me and he talked about um, this podcast actually. And it's 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 interesting because I I'll, I'll be honest uh, there there are I'm kind of in this mode where I'm I'm kind of. Uh, looking at the at the podcast and going, okay, where definitely this is something I want to do, but but what's the direction I'm going to go? What what are we going to talk about more? Where where are we going to go? Kind of wrestling through some of those questions, and uh, and and he begins to to speak into my life, um, having a, a great impact that honestly he didn't even realize. And he talked about how this this podcast had had been an encouragement to him. Um, you know, he's somebody who who doesn't deal with mental health issues uh, on a personal level, 
Um, but, but he said that this podcast had helped him to uh, empathize with, uh, with those that do a little more. Uh, someone who doesn't have personal experience with that, it had enabled him to um, look at those things in a new way. Right, and and that that in, that encouragement that he gave me excited me and kept me kept me going. Right, it it led to this episode today. Right, because here's here's the thing: when when we receive encouragement from others, right, it, when, when others look at us and say, "I I believe in you. I I, I think you can do this. I think you have been." You have been gifted, right, by, by God to do these things, right? We, we realize that those, those limiting things that, that we believe about ourselves, those, those lies that sometimes creep in with, with mental illness, with mental health issues, right? Those, those lies that we believe about who we are and what, what we're like, and I'm, I just, I'll never get it together, right? When we have people surrounding us that encourage us in those ways, we realize that those lies are lies. You know, in the, in the book of Acts, um, I, you know, it's a phenomenal book when we, when we step back and look at it of how the early church grew. I mean, just exploded, and I remember um, a few years ago that there, as I was reading through Acts, I'd, I'd read through it a number of times before, but there was a character in there who stuck out in a way that, that he had not before. You know, other people like, like Peter or like Paul get a lot of focus, but there's another who deserves a lot of attention, Barnabas, right? We first meet Barnabas in, in Acts 4. Barnabas is, is not his given name. His, his given name is Joseph, right? But the, the text says that he was also called by the apostles Barnus, Barnabas, which, which means son of encouragement. I love that so often in Scripture, people are given new names, signaling a very obvious change of character. So Abram becomes Abraham. Simon becomes, becomes Peter. Saul becomes Paul. Joseph becomes Barnabas. As we read through Acts, we read stories that confirm Barnabas lived up to the meaning of his name, son of encouragement. The thing that, that sticks out about Barnabas's story is not a, not a miraculous event, right? There's, there's many of those in Acts. It's, it's not something with lots of pomp and, and circumstance. It's, it's not some great sermon that he preached, you know, like, like Peter's in Acts Three. It's not some big conversion story like, like Paul's in Acts 9. No, what sticks out about Barnabas and his story is that he lives up to his name, son of encouragement. So to fully understand Barnabas' story, we have to understand Paul's story, right? Because Paul was originally named Saul, a leader in the Jewish community. And these, these followers of Jesus were seen as a threat, and so Paul, excuse me, Saul, takes a front and center role in Christian persecution. I mean, Acts 8, 3 uh, says, Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. And then in the very next chapter, we see Saul on his way to Damascus 
to persecute Christians. And it's on his way to oppose the church that he becomes part of the church, right? This is, this is the amazing way that God works. And he had a pretty dramatic conversion experience. And shortly after we read in, in, uh, in the next part of Acts 9, we, we read these words, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, wait, wait is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? And then it goes on later and it says, And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe he was a disciple. Which, let's just be honest for a minute, (laughs) is kind of understandable. I mean, he had been a major player in the persecution of the church. And this group probably had a good reason to be wary of him. Yet the fact remained, he'd had a significant conversion of the heart. So enter Barnabas. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him. And how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Barnabas saw something in this guy. Something that the rest of the disciples did not see. I'm I'm, I'm sure by standing up for Paul, he took a great risk. You and I have the benefit of knowing the rest of the story knowing that it paid off, right? But Paul, Paul spends the next couple chapters of Acts on the bench, so to speak. He's sent off to Tarsus be, because some are trying to kill him. And we don't read much about him until chapter 11. Here's, here's the scene. The Gentiles, uh, they, they've begun to hear the good news of Jesus, right? And they've, they've turned to him. Uh, there's an outbreak of Gentiles who are, who are coming to faith in Christ in Antioch. And so the leaders of the church send Barnabas to check it out, right? Like, like okay, okay, new guy, here you go. And Barnabas spends some time there encouraging the new believers. The implication from the text is that so many are coming to faith that help is needed. But, but Barnabas doesn't go back to the apostles, right? These guys that said, okay, okay, dude, you, you go take care of these new guys, these, these new women, these, these new Christians. He doesn't go back to the apostles. He seeks out Paul. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year... An entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Barnabas has a revival on his hands. He looks around and he goes, you know who I need? I need Saul. Again, Barnabas doesn't see something in him that... Again, Barnabas sees something in him that others don't. Right? It's interesting. For another two chapters, we read about Barnabas 
and Saul. But when Saul begins to go by Paul, the order changes. And from that point on in the book of Acts, whether their names appear to, whenever their names appear together, it's always Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas's role changes. I mean, he takes a step back, and I, I think he's okay with that. Because he's far more concerned with the advancement of God's kingdom than, than his own name. I mean, his joy doesn't come from being the leader, but from equipping others to use their gifts. As I look at the life of Barnabas, there is no doubt to me that he lived a life of encouragement. And I mean, we should seek to emulate that, that encouragement, the encouragement that he shows others, right? But, but, but I mean, what exactly does that look like us, uh, for us today? Biblical encouragement, I, I think, is an interesting thing. I think most of the time when, when we think of offering encouragement, we think of giving kind words or, or giving a pep talk, which, I mean, is certainly an aspect of encouragement, but it's so much deeper than that. The word that's often translated encouragement in Scripture is a Greek word which appears a little over a hundred times or so in, in the New Testament. And it's not just translated encourage. Here, here's a few other ways that, that it's translated. Not that I know Greek, I, I just know how to use the internet, right? Uh, but here, here's how it's translated. Appeal, beg, comfort, exhort, implore, invite, make an appeal, plead, preach, urge. Not all of those words conjure up a pep talk. But all of those words go back to encouragement, and, and all of those words are things that we all need. The New Testament has a lot to say about encouragement. It's clear to me that, that encouragement is valued and celebrated by God. The writer of Hebrews tells us to encourage one another to love and good deeds. In Paul's letters to Timothy and Titus, Paul writes time and time and time again to, for them to encourage others. He encourages them to encourage others. Parents are told to encourage their children. Leaders should be encouraging to those they are responsible for. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, well, encouragement. Sometimes encouragement is about comfort. Sometimes it's about challenge. But it's always done with love. It's been said that we should comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I, 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 I've always liked that saying comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. I think of it like someone sitting on a couch. So let's say you've got two people sitting on two different couches. Couch potato A, we'll call him, uh, is sitting on the couch because they're just beat up and, and they can't really get off the couch. They believe that they don't have anything to offer, especially to the kingdom of God. This person needs someone to come alongside them and encourage them. Someone who will offer affirmation and patience and love, pointing them to who God is and what he has said about us. Someone who will enter into the hurt 
of their life and just be present. And then you have Couch Potato B, who frankly is just on the couch because they're lazy and self-indulgent. And this person needs someone who will come alongside them and encourage them. But, but not in the same way as Couch Potato A. Instead of, hey, you're, you're a great guy, God loves you. This person probably needs something like, we're friends, right? I mean, you, you know I care for you, right? Can we talk about what's going on in your life? Be, because you were made for way more than this. God has gifted you so you can serve others. Two totally different situations, but they both call for encouragement. And, and my guess is that as someone dealing with mental health issues, you may find yourself a lot as Couch Potato A, right? Where, where you are beat up and you're going, man, I'm, I'm not worthy of this at all. And you need people to come alongside you and say, look, look, God loves you. Do you realize what God has done in your life? Do you realize who lives inside you? Do you realize the power as a Christian that you are compelled by? The Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we read about in Acts is the same Holy Spirit that lives and breathes inside you. And so often, I will tell you this, as someone who struggles with with depression, someone who struggles with anxiety, someone someone who struggles with all, all of these things, I need people to remind me of this. And my guess is that you need people to remind you of this too. But can I tell you what else I need? As someone who deals with depression and anxiety and panic attacks, I sometimes need somebody to come along and and kick me off the couch cuz I'm couch potato B. Because because let's be let's be honest, there there are many times when I um when I when I cannot get off the couch, so to speak, because of because of my anxiety, because of my depression. And then if I'm just really honest with myself, there are other times when I let it become an excuse. And so I need people who will speak into my life. And, and let me just be clear. There, there is a very, very small group. Like the, the group that speaks kind words of encouragement to remind me who, um, who, who God has created me to be, who he has enabled me to be. Um, the the people who get to speak those words into my life and then the people who who challenge me and encourage me with words of dude come on you got to get your head in the game here that group is smaller than this other group not not because i i don't want to listen to people and and not because people don't have good things to say, but but the group that that has this kind of unfiltered 
access to say the hard things, I've spent time with them. I've, I've, done, I've done life with them. It's years and years and years of experience. Look, it is totally different if my wife looks at me and says, stop using your depression as an excuse than if someone who, who I've known for six months and only see every other Sunday comes up to me and says, stop using depression as an excuse, right? So certainly use discernment here. But the point is this. You, you've, you've got to have people who are invested in your life and you are invested in theirs for this encouragement thing to happen. Because what is, I, I think I've talked about this before, what is the th- lie, what is the lie that mental health issues tell us? Like, what's the lie that depression tells you? What's the lie that anxiety tells you? What's the lie that a whole host of other mental health issues, mental illnesses tell you. It's that you are the only one. It's that you are on this island alone. There is no one else like you. No one else understands this. And when you have made an intentional choice to set people around you who can speak into your life, Words of encouragement to remind you who you are and what you are created to be. And words of encouragement to challenge you and equip you and push you, right? Trusted people in your life that can do this. This is when we will truly be encouraged. I mean, we can't truly encourage others unless we are willing to step into the mess of their lives. And are willing to let others step into the mess of ours. Man, I, can I just be honest? We get so good at playing church, don't we? Right? Like, like if that is, if that is a, a regular part of your experience, we get so good at playing church. We get so good at putting a smile on our face and acting as if we just got it all together. And can I just be real for a moment? I don't have it all together. You don't have it all together. We're all in this boat together. And yet, we are so good at acting like nothing is wrong. And so we could go a few different directions, right? The first would be to wallow in self-pity. And the second would be to use it as an excuse not to change. But the way we ought to go is to recognize it as a call to something deeper. Since we've all screwed up, let's see it as a call to encourage one another. Hebrews 3, 13 says it this way. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So encourage one another. And there's something I want to challenge you with today. Allow others to encourage you. Because because 
I don't know, and maybe I'm just projecting here, but I know that one of my issues, when, when I hear people encourage me, one of my issues is I want to say, no, 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 don't, don't say that. No, you don't mean it. And most of the time, that's not like a false humility thing. I think we certainly do that. But, but most of the time, I, I don't, it, it's not a false humility thing. Like I'm trying to make them look like, oh, yeah, it's, no, look at me, I'm really humble. No, actually, most of the time when, when I do that, uh, it's actually because I've got this lie about myself that says you can't possibly be talking about me, but I need people in my life who will encourage you, who, 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 will, who, will, who will remind me of who I am in Christ, right? I need someone who in those times when, when I think, man, I don't, I don't deserve to serve in the kingdom of God. Because, I mean, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm anxious. Right? I need someone who will step in and remind me of this. God loves you. Like, not just a little bit, but a whole lot. And you could never do anything to make him love you more, and you could never do anything to make him love you less. You are a masterpiece, a child of God. You are loved by the king. You are counted as a son. You are adopted into a family that will stretch into eternity. I, I, I am adopted, like, like on earth. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about God adopting me now. I mean, like, really, like, in this life here and now. I, I was adopted when I was a baby, uh, and, and my parents are not my biological parents, but they are my parents, and they, they love me, and they care for me, and they would do anything for me. And I, I have never once in my life, never once in my life, thought, I'm just that adopted kid, right? Like, I am a child, a true, 100% legit, bona fide child of theirs, as if I was their own biological child. And I think if they feel that way about me, man, how must God feel about us? We have been adopted into a family that will stretch into eternity. So don't think you're qualified. That's cool, because none of us are. God does not call those who are qualified. He qualifies those who are called, right? It's okay. When we turn to him, when we submit to him, when we follow him, he equips us. The Holy Spirit dwells inside us and empowers us. Surround yourself with people who will remind you again and again and again when depression sets in, when anxiety sets in, when all these other things set in, that God has a purpose for you. In a world where we struggle with, with equality, right? Because this, this ultimately is, is what mental health issues 
do. They make us sometimes feel like we are less than. In a world where we struggle with equality, there's a place where the playing field's leveled. It's at the foot of the cross, right? And it is in that that God takes us and he equips us, even if you're depressed, even if you struggle with an anxiety disorder, even if you have PTSD, even if you struggle um, with a bipolar issue, bipolar disorder, right? Even, even if you deal with panic attacks, even the list could go on and on and on, and I could list all of these issues. But at the end of the day, that is not what defines you. What defines you is Christ. And so, Scott, thank you. Thank you for speaking into my life today and reminding me of these things, reminding me of why it is that I, that I do this podcast. It's not because, because I am something special. It's, it's not because I have, um, you know, some, some secret message that I need to put out to the world. I, I do this simply because God has changed me. And even in my depression, even in my anxiety, God has changed me. I may, I may struggle with depression and anxiety and panic attacks for the rest of my life, but that's not my identity. That's not who I am. I am a child of Christ. I am a son of God. Right? And when I am reminded of that, when I am reminded of who I am and whose I am, the, the, the other issues that I deal with, they may be tough. Depression may be tough. Anxiety may be tough. Panic attacks may be tough. But you know what? God is, God is tougher. God is faithful and God helps me through those things. So I hope you're encouraged today, and I want you to do two things. Surround yourself with people who will encourage you, and surround yourself with people whom you can encourage, because that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. As long as it is called today, encourage one another. Hey, I hope that this has been good for you. Uh, I know that it has been good for my soul to talk about these things. Uh, I'd love for you to connect with us. Go over to the, uh, the, the Facebook uh, group, uh, Born Again Anxious, right? Search for that. Find, find it on there. Uh, love to have you join that. Uh, leave, a, leave a rating. Those, those things actually do help on iTunes. And, uh, and recommend this podcast to a friend. And I'd, I'd, I'd love for more people uh, to listen to this. So grace and peace, my friends. Well, thanks for listening to the Born Again Anxious podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Additionally, if you'd like to continue the conversation, we'd love to connect on Facebook. So just go to facebook.com slash bornagainanxious and join our private Facebook group, or you can simply find us by searching Born Again Anxious.